Welcome to the podcast of the Unitarian Universalist Area Church at First Parish in Sherborne. No matter who you are, who you love, we welcome you into our community of religious seekers. Please join us for our Sunday worship services at 10.30 a.m. More information can be found on our website at uuac.org or visit our Facebook page at Sherborne Unitarian Universalist. Today's reading is entitled, The Big There There, by Barbara Road. I wasn't flattered when one of my daughters confided that she had thought of me as the big there there when she was three years old. If I remember correctly, I was the middle, in the middle of a phase where I was hoping to reassure myself that I was still youngish and hip. Now, years later, I can admit that the role of the big there, there, is a necessary part of parenthood, not to be disparaged. At times, even the most mature of us <clears throat> want someone to dry our eyes and circle us with welcoming arms and offer us a cup of our favorite beverage. I shall be forever grateful to my friend Ruth, who interrupted her political campaign to ride to the hospital make her way past the folks in the intensive care with convincing stories that I was her little sister, and reach bravely through the thicket of IVs, heart monitors, and breathing tubes to embrace me. Still, the origin of the word comfort means to make strong. As comforters, we often believe we have to take away the pain, only to discover that we are only able to help those in pain find the sources of their own strength. At times, it is our mere presence. I am here. I see you suffering. I care for you. At times, it is the helping hand. I'll vacuum. I'll wash up these dishes. I'll drive you. At times, it is a few words that put things in perspective. We're never quite sure what will truly comfort another or what special act will comfort us. We go looking for a big there there and find instead that the excitement of a new idea lifts us from despair. I expected little solace from my frail 90-year-old father when he called me in the hospital to see how I was. But when he called me punky for the first time in 54 years, I felt the fidelity of that relationship. My narrow room was filled with memory and hope. If we put aside our fear that we might say or do something to add inadvertently to the suffering of those we would comfort, if we can put aside our fear of our own loss or the pain of our own pity, then love might find its way of bringing strength to the weak and light to those in the shadows. It's a beautiful morning, isn't it? This is the world that you and I live in. It is beautiful and it is hard all at the same time. Let us keep our hearts tender and our eyes soft and our words true. This is what you and I try to be about. We know there's no answer but to love each other. And we bear witness against unnecessary destruction 
And then we gather in community to practice being the person that we look in the mirror and we say, I'm trying to be better. We cannot do everything, but what can we do? And that something is never nothing. So let us forget our perfect offering. There is a crack in everything. Say with me if you know. That is how the light gets in. So the, the holiday decorations have been returned to the dusty purgatory of the closets and the attic and the basement. And the regifting has come to a close with everyone claiming those regifts last night at the bingo. And January 19th has come and gone. Did you know that the 19th of January is the day that all of those resolutions that make people make on the 1st is when, statistically, they all get broken? <laughs> it's true. And the calendar shows that we're firmly here at the end of January, which means that we, we, we cannot, like, now we need to get down to business, right? All those promises we made in late December or December or November, I'll get to it in the new year, like, now... It is time. And yet despite all that, I can't shake this moment that I wanted to tell us about that happened to me on Christmas Eve. And I was just on the cusp of this, the great Christmas cough that I had. It would possess me for the rest of the holidays. And it was being held off just long enough by adrenaline and cough drops and ibuprofen and the threatened stink eye of Mary who needed to have me get on with the services so she could get off the donkey and have this baby and just get back to feeling human again. <laughs> Says my wife, Karen, oh, you know, insert your word, oh, I forgot to get the Dunkin' Donuts cards from my parents to the kids for their stockings. Can you get them on the way to church? Please. I mean, of course I can. I only have to have Jesus help him bring him into the world. I mean, the Savior can wait, right? And then she says, that's not your theology anyway. <laughs> and then she says, I bet Jesus would run on Duncan too. <laughs> Can you please do that? Fair point. I can do that. And holy cow, it's like Thursday. It's so Christmas. What day, was, what day of the week was it? Was it Tuesday? Christmas Eve? Tuesday? Wednesday? See, I can't remember. Tuesday. Holliston is 3 in the afternoon. It was such a zoo that afternoon on Route 16. I forgot that St. Mary's had their first of 15 services that day. <laughs> and there are hundreds of cars on 16. Why I didn't go around, I don't know why I didn't do that. I forgot. And I feel like all of those cars are slowing me down because they know who I am. <laughs> they know I'm a Unitarian Universalist minister. They know I'm buying Dunkin' Donuts cards on Christmas Eve. They know I don't, well, they know what I maybe believe or don't believe about Jesus, and they're slowing me down. But finally, I made it through the gauntlet of all of that, and there's Dunkin' Donuts on my left. So you know if we're coming like this way, right? Coming east. And then with my blinker on, 
It's then that I see him and he's hanging out front and he's leaning against the window, his bike sagging on its bent kickstand. And I, it's Joey, and I'm sure I roll my eyes. Everyone in my family tells me I roll my eyes when I'm annoyed or distracted. Even people actually, the staff at church, do I do that, Emily? I do that a little bit, yeah. I've done it my whole life, apparently. Um, Don't roll your eyes at me, Mr. Dietering, said Sister Antonio <laughs> in the first grade at Our Lady of Lords. Obviously, her admonition did not take hold. But the reason that I am rolling my eyes is that Joey is among a handful of people who come through the church over the years asking for gift cards to Market Basket or Shaw's or Stop and Shop or the mobile station. And Joey is among the most persistent. He has learned where my office is, which is in the back corner. So now he avoids the front office, where this is where Heather Walker is, and he rides his bike past that, and he rides around the church, and he parks it right over here, and he comes up the stairs to my office, where he knows that I will be. And it does not matter if the door is open or if the door is closed. He comes in. It doesn't matter how many times I've asked him not to. It doesn't matter how many times I've said no, Joey. He comes right in and he says, Pastor, you got a gift card? I know you always tell me no sometimes, but you got a card, do you? And even though I don't know Joey, because these are the only interactions I've had with him, this much I do know. Joey's always in need, and his needs are beyond what I can do to help. And he doesn't have any boundaries in asking me over and over and over again. And it drives me crazy. And I roll my eyes. And then I feel guilty. And sometimes I respond to the guilt by giving in and breaking my own boundary. My own boundary, I only try to help out one person one person once because the resources are not unlimited. But I break my own boundary and then I help Joey out, which only encourages him to keep riding his bike past the front of the church to my door, which leads me to getting annoyed, mostly at myself, which leads me to feeling guilty all over again. Does this cycle sound familiar to you? You know, <clears throat> Emily said this, we have got this capacity, you and I, for kindness and for giving and receiving care and comfort and assistance for being, as Jen read in the reading, the, the big there there. But so often, the needs that others have of us or that we have of others, it like spills over the top of our boundaries doesn't it? It spills over our capacity to, our capacity, just our time, our resources, our energy, our heart, our, our work, 
our arms. Like, it's just too much. And so often our helping is about relieving our own discomfort. About postponing the discomfort we have that we just can't do enough. Because sometimes what's needed, right, is love, but with limits. So what am I supposed to do with Joey as I make the left turn into Dunkin' Donuts? I need to be honest with you. I mean, I like, I like to think, I like you to think about me that I'm like a nice guy. I mean, it's Christmas Eve. I'm on my way to tell the story about Jesus, who's a refugee, and he's born in a lean-to filled with hay and farm animals because there wasn't room for him. I'm about to go tell that story, all right? But I need to be honest with you that I, I just drove right past him because in that Dunkin' Donuts, there's those slots in the front, but then you can go to the back where there are, is more parking. Why did I do that? I went to the back. Why did I do that? I wanted to avoid the hard questions that I was getting asked where assistance turns into enabling. I wanted to avoid having to say Happy Christmas to Joey because I didn't want to open the door to someone who keeps coming in and coming in and coming in and coming in and coming in beyond my capacity. I mean, I, you understand why I drove past him. But the thing is, like, the reason that I can't, I've had to think this week, why can't I shake this story, this moment? And here's why. I was hiding from Joey. I was running away from Joey. Not from Joey, actually, from the hard questions that Joey was asking of me. You know that phrase, wherever you go, there you are? I hate that phrase. <laughs> I mean, I hate that phrase. Because it's like no matter how much you binge Netflix or how many drinks you might have at night or, or whatever your, 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 your tool for avoiding things might be, we all have them. Some of them are healthy, some of them are really not healthy, whatever they may be. We cannot run away from the questions that get asked of us. And it is really annoying. Which is kind of how I feel as I make my way up to the counter and I fish out two cards because they have them in a tray and I say, you know, $20 for my children. Bless their hearts who have everything that they need and more. They don't need any more gift cards. 
And looking left, I see Joey still leaning up on the glass, watching the traffic go by. It's Christmas Eve, you guys. It's like everyone is in a car going somewhere else, okay? Everyone, all the cars are full of people, but Joey is there. He's by himself. Why is he alone? Where, where's his mom? Where's his dad? Where, where's his family? Does he have siblings? Like, what, what the hell happened? Where does he sleep at night? Where does he park his bike at night? Where does he, does he have anywhere to go tonight? I mean, I can't stand it anymore. I'm like, I can't stand the, the, the dissonance that I feel that I'm coming here to sing with you, Silent Night and, and Joy to the World, and that I drove past him. It's like this dissonance that I can't stand. I can't stand that I don't know what to do with challenges like this. I can't stand that I'm a minister and I'm supposed to know how to set love with limits. I can't stand how this shows up for me and for you, my family riddled with addiction, some of yours too, Joey like a stand-in for, for my dad, for my brother. That's why I can't shake the story. He is Joey, he's, he's his own person, but he's also a representation of these people in our lives who ask for so much and need so much, and we, you and I, don't know how to save them. You know why? Because we can't. And it breaks my heart. I mean, I get annoyed, but annoyance and anger is actually just for me, it's like weaponized grief. I mean, we can't do everything, but we can do something. But what if we're not even sure what the something is? So I say to the teenager at the counter, can I get another coffee card, please? Because look, I can't do very much for Joey. But at least I can tell him Merry Christmas, right? At least I can buy him some coffee and invite him to, to services here tonight. I can do that, can't I? Is that over the boundary? I don't know. I mean, I can see his humanity. Isn't that my work? Isn't that our work? But just as the high school kid folds the card into the little envelope, I see Joey out of the corner of my eye. He puts his leg over his bike. And he begins to ride away. And I haven't, I haven't paid yet, but I'm like, never mind. I like run out the door in my Christmas red tie. And I'm yelling, Joey, Joey. And he doesn't even turn around. He doesn't, he doesn't, I don't know what, he doesn't hear me. He doesn't stop. He doesn't turn his head. And before I, I can't go any further, he's like down the sidewalk. I go back inside and the, and the teenager says, he can't hear you, dude. He's got his headphones in. 
Is that going to be cash or credit? <laughs> How about like the currency of my soul? Can I give you that? Because <laughs> that is what is at stake in this moment, my friend. <laughs> I, and I really need to get to church. I promise we would all be here to set up that night. But I took the long way. I'm trying to find Joey to give him the card. I never found him. I went up like, is it whatever, whatever 128 or 135, whatever that road is. I went all the way up there. I went around driving down Maples. Like, how far could this guy get? He can ride a bike. <laughs> it bothered me all night. Christmas Eve that night. I'm telling these stories. I'm hearing the message. I'm listening to the gospel. I'm giving sermons. I'm praying. And I couldn't find Joey to give him this card. I still have it. I haven't seen him since. Here's what I want us to hear. I am glad that Joey did not turn around that day. The reason I'm glad is because if he did, and I gave it to him, it would relieve me, it would allow me to think that, you know, Nathan, you're a nice guy. And I could avoid the discomfort of asking him, like, what's going on with Joey? Like, what, what happened to him? I could just give him the card and Deal with it next time that he rides around to my door and says, can I get a card? Can I get a card? Can I get a card? The work that I have to do with Joey is much harder than having him turn around and me giving him this card. I need to do a little bit what Emily talked about on that bike. I need to sit with him. I actually need to take the time to sit down with him and ask him more about himself. I need to ask him about his life. I need to ask him where he lives. I need to ask him his story. And I really don't want to do this. I, <laughs> it's going to make me really uncomfortable because I don't know what kind of boundary moment this is going to provoke. But I need to ask him why he's always asking me for cards. I need to ask him, I need to get out of the cycle of me saying no, me rolling my eyes, me feeling guilty, me welcoming back in. I need to get out of that cycle. You have that cycle with somebody in your life. I know you do. And we forestall it. We forestall the hard conversation to make ourselves feel better because we just want to be nice. We just want to be nice and kind. But what happens when our nice and kind actually doesn't help at all? What happens then? So I need to have this hard conversation with Joey. My limits are clear. I feel like my boundaries are strong. Why? because I have had them crossed and I have crossed them so many times in my life that I know what they feel like. 
I will tell him, Joey, I can't give you all that you need or maybe even much of what you need or maybe any of what you need. <clears throat> but my friend, I can give you my time. And I can be with you to take the next step. And then I'm going to give him this card. And I'm going to tell him, Merry Christmas, Joey. And then we will see. And I will come back and I will tell you what has happened. <clears throat> what do I want to say? You deserve to see your, the, the, those of us in these robes up here, we get projected on, we project upon ourselves like we're supposed to be, I don't know, holy or something. Honestly, you deserve to see your religious leaders grow with you and struggle with you. Because that will remind you that we are authentically broken and whole just like you. I want to grow my soul enough to understand how to respond to Joey. And I want you, I want you to think about who Joey is in your life. I want you to wrestle with that with me because I need you to, I need your support actually. And I think that you need mine because together I know this with my heart and my soul that we can grow our souls together here. That's why we come here to this place. So with that, my friends, I say amen. <clears throat>